I'm Gary Doctor, And I'm Corinne Doctor, And this is Fishing Stories. And on this week's episode, we are joined by Erica Nelson, who is a diversity, equity, inclusion consultant, fishing guide, fishing fanatic, many other things. Absolutely. She joins us from a little coffee shop in a small town up in Alaska. She was recently up there, and uh, we get all kinds of good stuff from Tinder to fly fishing. I love it. Here we go. Erica, are you there? I'm here. Hello. Hey, it's so good to chat with you, even though you had to get up really early since you're in Alaska instead of Colorado. <laughs> Yesterday was a much earlier morning, but this is this is not bad. <laughs> thanks for having me. Well, thanks so much for being here. For anyone who doesn't know Erica, maybe you know her as Awkward Angler because that's your, uh, your alter ego, or maybe it's your always self, <laughs> I don't know. Alter ego, I like that. <laughs> yeah. And Erica is a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant, also our Rep Your Water DEI consultant, a guide, a podcaster. What are we missing? That's a good question. Uh, storyteller. Great. That's guy. perfect for this venue. So we like that. Great. Awesome. And you find yourself right now up in Alaska. What are you doing? Because I just saw on Instagram that you're just you're doing something with TU, but what's going on? Yeah, I was invited by Trout Unlimited to come up here, and um, they work with um, lodges up here to do a guide academy. It's called the Bristol Bay Guide Academy, and each year a different lodge will host it. This year it's a Bear Trail Lodge um, that's hosting, and the program is really cool. They bring a bunch of, or they recruit of um, indigenous folks from all over Alaska, different villages, and train them how to be fly fishing guides. So it's pretty awesome because uh, they can kind of go back to their village, go back to their area, kind of sustain or have an economy for themselves. So whether that's them getting a job at a lodge or um, starting their own outfitting or just kind of being more aware of the politics and things that are happening in Alaska. So last night we had a really great conversation um, around the politics in Alaska. And these are young, um, uh, anywhere from like 14 years to uh, early 20s that these kids are coming in. And um, Alaska uh, natives are, like the land is divided into corporations versus reservations. And so just kind of educating on that they come in and they're going to be the future leaders with their shareholders, or they are shareholders, um, meaning that they're going to inherit some part of the land in um, different parts of Alaska. So it's a conservation effort, educational effort, um, and just kind of getting folks into uh, fly fishing um, as a gateway to all of this conservation work that they're doing. That's pretty amazing. I love like the full circle and like the holistic approach to the guide academy, which is, yeah. I mean, some guide academies are better than others. And some of them are literally like, this is how you tie a knot. And, <laughs> and uh, it sounds like this is kind of a upper echelon version. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I'm really impressed with this program. And um, their final test is on Saturday. So they're learning knots <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that whole thing. Um, there's a lot of great presentations um, here as well. So um, the goal is by Saturday, I'm going to be like a client. They'll have like a client day. They'll kind of do like a mock 
what it looks like to be a fly fishing guide. Um, and they're using all of their flies that they tied. So that's pretty fun. And um, it's really cool to see progression each day of um, what they're getting into, different knots that they're trying or different flies that they're trying. And yesterday was such an awesome day because it was a full day on the water. And I got to fly out to Brooks and it was this amazing, um, beautiful uh, fishery. And you could see the the eye start to light up when it all came together because we've just been talking. <laughs> we've just been sitting at tables and vices and, you know, for them to tie on their own flies and catch fish was, was a pretty incredible moment yesterday. Yeah. And what a place to do it. I mean, there's nothing like actually getting out there and seeing it, right? That's awesome. Yeah. It's been really cool. What's your client personality? Have you decided? Are you going to be like one of those really easy clients that just doesn't care? Or are you going to be needy? <laughs> I've been going back and forth on that. Um, I'll probably be some needy client. Uh, absolutely. Um, probably going to be, uh, I figured I'd probably learn to cast with my left hand to see if they can help me out. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see what it's like. There we go. <laughs> Maybe you got to throw them through the True. Yeah. You know, it is pretty buggy up here, so I'll probably do some complaining about the elements. and. <laughs> it's good. like those reviews of national parks that are like, too much outside time. <laughs> exactly. Well, other than what you're currently up to, we're hoping you have a story or two to tell about your own fishing. Oh, goodness. Yeah, sure. You know, fishing for about five years, I've you've got me thinking of like, what's a good fishing story? And I'm like, I don't know if I really have any because <laughs> I just do this all the time and it's kind of like whatever. And I don't really sit down and, and reflect. But one of the things that I thought was really funny is my kind of how I got into fishing and that was been um, via Tinder. And so I thought what's better than some interesting, funny uh, fishing Tinder stories. So <laughs> I love it. Not many people have swiped right and then kept the hobby as opposed to the person. That's right. <laughs> well, like I don't really, I didn't really use it. I had Tinder for um, a research project that I was doing in college. And so I was actually measuring, seeing if I can, if there was a correlation of narcissism um, between, like, can we measure narcissism by based on profile pictures? And so I was always fascinated by profile pictures that men particularly choose as their, like, their main photo on Tinder. And I noticed that there was, like, three different types. There was either, like, no photo, so they just wanted to be, like, anonymous, just like, hey, I'm just here to check it out. Or there's um, a landscape, so it's kind of this like, yeah, I'll do, I'll, I'll do the thing, I'll upload the thing, but it's just like a picture of something else. Or it's like they're they're really into it, like it's like the whole like six pack. Or most predominantly that I noticed was the fish photo, and so I thought, why are there so many men holding fish? And this was kind of like as I was getting into fly fishing, it wasn't like. And, and I, I was doing my research at the same time. And so I just kind of was like, what is up with this? It's just like constant. And um, no matter where I traveled, that was the only like classic photo. It was just kind of this like six pack look at me or it was a fish photo. <laughs> so I <laughs> um, decided to kind of look at, into that as I got into fishing of like, well, 
I don't really know how to meet people to teach me how to fish. I'm in rural Wyoming and um, there's really not anybody here that just wants to sit down with me and teach me how to fish. Um, you know, or I felt bad for bothering people that I just had to spend all day with working and then, you know, hey, will you teach me how to fish after work? And so it was just kind of this, like, I just felt bad. So I wanted a, kind of an outlet of, like, who can I ask? Um, how can I get more information on, like, you know, flies, what to use in this area, um, different casting tips or asking about, like, tippet and kind of technical things. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, I remember back when I was doing research, there was all these guys holding fish. And so I thought, why not? try to swipe right on all of them no matter what uh, if there's a fish in there like absolutely swipe right <laughs> so i um ended up matching with quite a few and and they ended up being guides um in wyoming and so once we started like uh you know once you match um with somebody then you're able to message people and so once it was like you're a match um i then like immediately was like Hey, I'm just kind of here to ask for advice. Uh, I just got into fly fishing, noticing that you're holding this fish. Um, you know, tell me how I can catch that fish or a fish. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so like from then, it just kind of spiraled into like different questions of like, hey, let's. Uh, they would ask answer my questions, um, teaching me about different flies and stuff. And then um, most of the time, we ended up meeting up um, to do different rivers in, in Wyoming. And I got a lot of different exposure because it was really fun. Like, I think, I think I'm a really fun person to fish with. <laughs> and so, um, it, you know, it was, it was great that they wanted to like, one, they were guides, but then also they like to guide on their, or not guide, but they like to fish on their spare time, you know, looking in and researching different waters, kind of like recon missions, if you will, for their clients. And so they were like, great, you're a great person to kind of like um, see how this fishes um, so I can bring my clients here or not. So that's kind of how I got into, into fishing, just <laughs> meeting all these other guides in Wyoming. <laughs> that's so funny. I love how many people were willing to just like chat about fishing. I mean, it makes sense. Any of us who have like such a passion for fishing, of course, like somebody asks us and we're like, oh yeah, I'm down to talk about this most of the time. <laughs> right? I also think it's fun. It's like such a... Um, like unexpected place, I think, for somebody to get like a reach out on fishing advice. Like if you have like a really strong like fishing Instagram profile, like you get DMs all the time asking for advice, right? And you kind of like, it's easy to brush them off, right? But yeah. when you get match with somebody and then get a message on Tinder, I think you get a lot, would get a lot more undivided attention to be like, oh, this is interesting. Like, let me give some advice here, you know? Also, oh. Tinder is a geolocated situation. So you get that really local advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's kind of worked um, in my travels as well. So like I'll travel to an area and kind of like see other men holding fish and photos. And so sure enough, it's like, hey, like I'm in town, you know, what what places would you recommend? And they're pretty, they've been pretty awesome with like uh, sending me pins or meeting up or giving other advice in that area. <laughs> I wonder if people are more willing to drop a pin because they know you're just there visiting. Cause like, you know, we don't have to open that can of worms, but you know how people are about not sharing their spots. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know they've been pretty kind about it which is actually surprising for the most part so um, it, like for the most part surprising that they're actually showing or sharing so i've had pretty good luck <laughs> that's great well i have to say i mean corinne and i have been together for many years since before tinder existed i've never had a tinder profile but if i like think and i was like okay picture myself being single and creating a tinder profile it would definitely be a fish photo. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> but okay, why? It's like, you know, the, I, there's always like, I went through this process for a long time of like, why? Why the fish photo? You know, like, why? And so I actually kind of, actually, I'm going to ask you, like, why would it be a fish photo, Garrison? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that too. I think because it like shows my face, but also it's not just like the glamour six pack shot. Also shows like interest in the outdoors and something about like the fish sort of like deflects a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, this is a picture of me, but I'm not like, look at me. I'm flexing in the mirror kind of. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. I mean, what, what does the research show? Yeah. What did yeah. You find How out? narcissistic am I? That's let's talk about it. <laughs> That's really fascinating. I would love to do this research again. Because it was this, um, I would, uh, because it, you know, you have to go through the ethics and whatnot. So people knew that they were going through this study. And so it was kind of like a mock profile that they were creating. And then I would give them the narcissistic uh, personality inventory test. So it was right immediately after they created their profile. And so um, the end result, there was no statistical significant difference um, of displaying narcissism in profile pictures. But that was kind of early on when it started getting uh, started. And so one of the things that I've noticed over the years was, okay, that actually hearing your reasoning make it kind of makes sense because <laughs> it's like there's so many and it's something that me and my girlfriends talk about all the time it's like why you know <laughs> or my clients that come with and book me it's like they start to notice also especially in the area that I live um, and they're traveling too and they're like you know I'm in your region and I'm on tinder and there's what's up with all these boys holding photos and one of the things I've noticed was like men don't really take photos of themselves very often and that's what I was yeah yeah so like fishing's one of those that like you kind of have to prove it or at least it's kind of in the culture to like have a, a, a camera and take a photo so um it's like the only photo that they have <laughs> totally yeah i mean like if i go on a like a big trip with a like a really fun trip with a buddy like usually it's landscape photos and maybe a couple of photos of fish. And then if it's a good fish, maybe a couple of photos of me with the fish. But there's not a lot of photos of people that aren't fish related. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of my email accounts, all of my social media accounts, like my profile is a fish picture. And it's sort of the same thing. It's like, well, look at what I like. This is also what I look like. And also, yes, let's be impressed because I'm not picking a small fish picture, even though I, like you, catch a lot of small trout and love catching small trout. Mm -hmm. Love it. I love that so much. <laughs> Have you maintained any friendships from your uh, Tinder reach outs? Yeah. I mean, in general, I'd say most of my friends today, like male friends, are probably that I've met on, on Tinder. <laughs> so uh, if we've been, yeah, we maintain a really great friendship. Fishing Stories is brought to you by Rep Your Water Apparel.
For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders and owners of Rep Your Water, where we make everything from hats, sun shirts, merino blend sun hoodies, whiskey glasses, teas, and much more. All of our products feature unique designs and all of them support our conservation partners. To see the latest and learn more, check out our website, www.repyourwater.com. Fishing Stories is also brought to you by Lock & Co. Whiskey. Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand-cut, charred Colorado aspen wood discs, this smooth and yet complex whiskey is as unique as any trout stream. It's a staple on our bar at home and is delicious served as is or even mixed in a cocktail. To learn more, go to www.lockandcodistilling.com. Lock spelled with an E. I think one of the funniest, most recent, like, kind of coming full circle, I feel like, was I was in Montana in April, and I was on a guided trip um, near Darby, Montana, and I hear my name. I'm, like, sitting on the on the edge of the river, like, having lunch with my guy. I was with uh, Pete Kutzer and... Um, uh, another Evan Jones who works for Orvis and, um, another woman, Nayeli, and we are two guys. So two boats, there's, um, four of us total and two guides, and we're just having lunch, having a break. And I hear my name, uh, being called on the river and there was another boat coming by and it was totally one of those guides, like one of the first early guides that I've met when I first started this journey. <laughs> so he used to guide in Wyoming and then he moved to Montana to start guiding. And so it was uh, like, I won't say his name, but I was like, really? So it was kind of like I ran to the river and was like, hey, good to see you. You know, it's been a while. And he was a client, so he kept moving on. But, you know, it was kind of this like, oh, I remember when I first got into this and here I am like as a guest with Orvis on this guided trip and you know kind of like here I'm a guide now and it was just kind of like full circle of like all the things that have happened since um, him and I started uh, fishing together. <laughs> That's, That's wild. Awesome. I love that area by the way we have a good friend that I used to guide with way back in the day that lives in Hamilton so I haven't been up there in a bit but I love that area. It was so good. Um, I've been to Montana a couple times, but this trip in particular, the fishing was just amazing. And I kind of got called out in a fly shop because I am just used to tailwater, you know, size 22. Um, I've been fishing size 30, you know, flies. And I go to this shop. Yeah, you're, and too I- close to the, you're too close to the Taylor River. That's your problem. <laughs> exactly. But that's like all I, I know, right? Like I go there like almost every day in the in the winter. Right. And so here I am, like, and I try to play with different, like, 5X, and people call me, you know, crazy, especially with 6X, because they get pretty sensitive. Like, I feel like they can see it. And so, but then they're pretty big fish. And so it's kind of this, like, interesting play. So that's, like, my mindset as I'm, like, in this fly shop looking for flies. And he's like, we can actually, you can actually throw real flies here. (laughs) So it's, like, hands me, like, a size 14, like, pheasant tail. And I'm like, what? Like, really <laughs> um and it was fun it was like a really great i think it was like a march brown eye done hatch you know like dry flies on the water and um really good sized fish and they looked really healthy and it was just a blast it was, it was really good <laughs> i think that fishery is fun too because you know montana there you find this in a few places where we don't get much of it in colorado where there's still cutthroats i mean they still have you know i'm sure they have some like rainbow jeans but they look light cutthroats there's mm-hmm. also rainbows there's also browns there's also squawfish there's also whitefish it's just like such a cool you know 
mixed bag of trout in those rivers. We don't have a ton of that in Colorado. Yeah, no, not at all. I'm noticing that while I'm here in King Salmon, it's, uh, yeah, there's a lot of different fish here <laughs> and big ones too. I just caught a 23 big rainbow yesterday and it was so much fun but the opportunities to catch like other you know salmon or um uh, uh, yeah char etc it's it's beautiful here and um yeah big fish here and i'm like just used to getting my little trout you know brown trout <laughs> rainbow, like tinier rainbows and so it's been a i'm opening up my my wheelhouse here <laughs> of species well that's good i mean a lot of people when say and I, I don't subscribe to this, but like, you know, oh, once you catch fish, like once you start salmon fishing or once you start hermit fishing or whatever, those little trout are going to see, seem so boring, you know? And I just don't subscribe to that. Like I love catching anything and I like to just adapt to where I am. So like, I've never gone salmon fishing, but I imagine I would really enjoy it, but then come back and be super happy to catch a bluegill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was in Texas in March and um, my brother-in-law just got into fly fishing and I have four, four nibblings and uh, two of them are really starting to like fly fishing and they're, that's like their first experience is bluegill right now. And so they're growing up with that and with a little pond in their neighborhood and it's, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty heartwarming. <laughs> that's probably the best way to learn how to fly fish because bluegill you can catch them on top water on little poppers you can do a dry dropper rig you can just like strip tiny streamers i consider myself a bit of a bluegill enthusiast but you can learn so much on them yeah yeah i had a blast it was it was really fun <laughs> um but i love small fish like the upper east river where i live um really small stream um and you know, brook trouts that are probably like three to four inches. And so that's when I started like getting back to my roots, if you will, you know, cause it's, um, you can buy so much gear, you know, you can make this as technical and complicated as you want. Right. And I like to kind of, I remember the days where I would just have one box full of flies that I could fit in my pocket, you know, and that was it. Like no waiters, nothing, just chacos and, and quick dry pants, you know, and so now I looked at myself in the mirror the other day and I'm like, I have like the Orvis pros, you know, like the boots with like the boa things, you know, and all the tools and things. And I just got a lanyard. I'm trying out the lanyard right now, which I don't know how I feel about it. But, you know, I'm like, look at how did I turn into this? <laughs> who, who am I? <laughs> and, so the, and so the East River it keeps me humble i feel like uh, and like i so i got this like uh it was it, it was a packet um breath mints and it's like little tin and so i just kind of put a couple flies in there and that's one thing that i keep in my pocket and to kind of polish off this um, and i have a three weight now it's an awesome three weight um, glass rod and so to top it all off i uh got a little goldfish net that i just kind of put in my back pocket so <laughs> It makes me laugh. It's a literal goldfish net. Like we're yeah. not talking like a small net. It is a net that you would use if you okay. have an aquarium. Hold on. If the fish is that small, <laughs> do we need a net? Can we hash this out real quick? Because I'm not sure that you do. It's worth the comic relief. Uh, well, okay. If it's for comedy, I get it. Fish handling, you know? Okay. Fish handling. Okay. It's proper fish handling, you know? 
right. I get to keep right. it in the water. I don't have to touch, grab it with my hands, you know, and it just gets to swim. Right. I have to get the hook out. <laughs> there you That's go. so good. Oh, my gosh. The East River, it's such a beautiful little piece of water. The only time I have fished that river was when I was fishing, actually, with my same friend that now lives in Montana, fishing this uh, like multi-river little fly fishing tournament called the Eight River Rodeo. And it's like a, they do some work with TU, but you fish like four rivers each day for two days and you measure fish, right? And so one of the rivers is the east. And like, we didn't really know anything about it particularly, but you know, you fishing the Gunnison and the Taylor and like, we were picking up some pretty good fish, right? And so, and it's all about length. So my buddy, like it's end of the day, catches like a 12 inch brown. And uh, we were like, nah, I don't know. I think we can do better. And we let it go. And like, we didn't count it. And then he ended up finally scraping out like a nine inch fish that we counted and measured. And then we like came in second by an inch and a half. Oh, oh no! Like if we'd have, if we'd have just hung on to the twelve-inch fish, which I think is actually a pretty decent fish for the east where we were, we'd have been fine. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, <laughs> um, that yeah, that's a good size fish for that for that stretch of river for sure. <laughs> Only if you knew what you had when you had it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that one would have fit in the goldfish net, even Erica. True. Very true. <laughs> Well, speaking of getting back to your roots, as I recall, when we first met, you told us like, oh, I only dry fly fish because that's how I learned how to fish. And that that's what fly fishing is, and which cracks me up because now I feel like you'll do anything. Oh, I've yeah. seen mop flies that you're tying. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm all about the mops. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Dipping in some power bait. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Smelling jelly at hand. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was definitely dry or die. Um, and, you know, it was funny because when I learned, I was I learned on the upper Green River. And then that water is just so beautiful. Um, I think you spend time up there, right? Like Pinedale. Oh, yeah. That yeah. is such an amazing stretch of water. Terrible place. Oh, oh, <laughs> I know, oh, right? Yeah. Come hopper season. Oh, my gosh. That is oh. so much fun. I lose my shit every time because it's just like aggressive and it's fun and you know those eats are really really fun um and that's that's the season that's the time that i learned how to fly fish and so um that's what i thought all fly fishing was <laughs> was just, just that and so come you know other times of the year i'm like why isn't this grasshopper like producing any fish <laughs> so, <laughs> then you look I'm around like, grasshoppers are dead <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm, I'm an idiot. It took me a while to put two and two together of like, oh, it's a grasshopper anyway. <laughs> but luckily I had, uh, luckily I had men on Tinder to help me out with that. So <laughs> there you go. There you the go. last time we were up there, it was like major hopper season, but the trout were just low. You know, it was like the water temps were really good in the morning, but just getting really, really hot in the afternoon. So we'd fish early. But the only fish that were rising were whitefish, which back to I will catch anything if that's kind of what the program is. I love a whitefish. Sometimes you just need to catch a fish, you know, yeah. and these whitefish were just spazzing. And anyone who's ever seen whitefish rises, like you can tell immediately 
it's a white fish and not a trout because they just are so spastic. And it was like <laughs> constant in this run, just poo, 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 poo. And I was like, well, I have this giant hopper on. I'm just going to see what happens. And one of those white fish smoked it. Like usually they suck at eating dry flies and they have such tiny little mouths. And this white fish ate it so perfectly. And I was like, okay, that is a hopper eat. Like I've never seen like full dolphin jump at the fly. I mean, it's hard to even fit a grasshopper in your mouth as a white fish. I know. Luckily there was a hook on mine. There you go. I would say I like the first 10 whitefish of the day. Sure. And then I'm done. I'm like, okay, that is enough of you guys. Like, where are the trout? I'm done with this. Wait, why Why hate all the whitefish? Like, why not target whitefish for the day? Well, it's just, I don't know. I feel like they're fun for the first 10. And then I'm like, all right, this is the same every time. Well, if I was going to critique the whitefish, I will say they are some of the hardest fish to unhook because they are so spastic. You know, like a trout will eventually kind of calm down if you get them like in the right position. A whitefish absolutely will not give in. You have to, You have to really struggle to unhook that fish. We have had days where we just commit to like a limit of white fish each because that fishery can absolutely take it and put them on the smoker. And uh, that usually actually doesn't take very long. No. (laughs) Well, Erica, what's next for you? You're coming home from Alaska and then? Oh, gosh, I'm not coming home till the end of the month. And um, I was just talking about this earlier of. I don't know when I get to go home, but um, no, I I have um, a friend's wedding after this in Lander, Wyoming. So excited to also get back to the birthplace of my fly fishing, uh, I guess, career, you could call it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Yeah, the Papoja River right in Lander is a really special place because that's kind of just right in town and um, where I started. So I'm excited to get back there for just a friend's wedding, but also got to make time for some fishing. You're going somewhere. You're going to find a way to fish. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of lost track of time and um, don't really have that great of um, service up here. So I don't know what's happening next. Uh, (laughs) I'll be somewhere. (laughs) Well, I'm so excited to hear how your client day goes on Saturday. Report back. I hope that you give them a little bit of hell, but also they put you on some fish. I mean, that's their job at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We had a really awesome guide yesterday. Um, lots of fish. Uh, get one, I was with fishing with three other folks. One gal got 22, one guy got 14 and they're all over 22 inches. Like that's like the little, that's amazing. yeah, it was just a, a really fun day. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. <Love it>. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we want to give you a moment to plug your things like, you know, if somebody wanted to follow along on your adventures or listen to your podcast, where could they find you? Sure. Um, best place is probably on Instagram at awkward angler, uh, awkwardangler.com is kind of where I try to keep up to date information. I'm a little behind right now. Um, but yeah, those are great places to, to reach me. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and, uh, we look forward to hearing more stories down the line. Yeah. So fun to chat. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.